Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. Wherever and however you are celebrating this Easter, it is my prayer that you will find comfort and hope in the message of resurrection. Even if you don't personally identify as a Christian, I think that you can find some meaning here. Just open your mind, your heart, and your soul, and let the message of Easter flow over and through you. This Easter marks the second anniversary of the Faith at Work podcast, so I went back and reread the inaugural sermon. Back in 2020, we were just beginning to experience the effects of the pandemic. Thinking back, it was this looming pandemic that compelled me to initiate this weekly tradition. Much was unknown, but at that time I felt a need to put forward a message of hope that looked past the crisis. We've learned and experienced a lot since then. It took a full two years, but we're seeing some of those hopes realized. Life, for most of us, is getting back pretty much to normal, even if it's the so-called new normal. We live with a rather uneasy anticipation that the worst of COVID is behind us. Personal note. Ironically, as I was sitting here writing this just now, I received an email notification from my doctor reporting a positive test for COVID. I'd gone to see him with a nagging cough, and after my visit, I started sneezing uncontrollably. That subsided within a few hours. I'm feeling fine now, outside of a little residual cough, but COVID obviously is not totally in our rearview mirrors yet. At 73, I'm just glad I was vaccinated and boosted, and I'm glad I can share this sermon online. Well, back to the task at hand. In addition to COVID, we now live with a new threat that's beginning to upset our plans of life back to normal. The Russian war of aggression against Ukraine. Once again, we face the unknown and the possibility of death and tragedy on a global scale. If anything, the past two years have taught us how intertwined our destinies are with all the people of earth. As the poet John Donne wrote, no man is an island entire of itself. Each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Those words are both a caution and a comfort that could have come directly from St. Paul's message to the Corinthians. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. If one suffers, we all suffer. So here we are. Today I feel motivated to reprise the message of hope in our new context. As they say, same church, different pew. After 30 years of preaching, I humbly confess that I Just repeat the same message over and over, week after week, with a slightly different form. I titled that first Easter podcast sermon, You Can Let Go Now. This year, my title is, You Can Let Go Again. It's not that I'm a self-plagiarizer, or just plain lazy, although you could argue about that. It's just that the Easter message of resurrection 
is at the center of all that we say and do. It's the air that we breathe. My message then was a message of hope. My message today is the same. As we did on that Easter two years ago, let us begin with a renewed prayer for healing and peace. Please join me in a word of prayer. Just as Jesus' disciples experienced the sadness of his death and burial, and then were lifted by the joyous miracle of his resurrection, raise us out of the dark places in which we dwell, that we may experience his resurrection as well. Heal the sick and be with those who mourn. Protect and bless the people of Ukraine and help us to work for global peace and justice. Give us the assurance that all will find a new life in you. Amen. Now sit back, relax, and hear the Easter Gospel according to St. John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I began that original sermon two years ago, talking about how my daughter and I used to love riding roller coasters together. A part of that experience was learning to be able to let go of the handbar and to send those hairy drop-offs, twists, turns, and inversions with our hands outstretched over our heads. At that time, I confessed that I screamed louder and was more terrified than my 10-year-old daughter. My rather transparent purpose for that image was a lead-in to how we need to let go of things in life, particularly our fears and doubts. Just as Jesus told Mary, she had to let go of him. Fast forward my roller coaster riding 30 years to a recent trip that my wife and I took to Universal Islands of Adventure in Orlando. This time the riders were not a 40-year-old dad and a 10-year-old daughter. The riders were my wife and me, two 73-year-old seniors who should have known better. The Velocicoaster that we rode hurls you at over 70 miles per hour through twists, turns, and zero-g inversions that were, quite frankly, painful and punishing to the septuagenarian body. And once again, I was more terrified and screamed louder than my wife. There was no thought of letting go on the handbars on the Velocicoaster or Harry Potter's motorcycle ride loop coaster, which we also rode. Nor will I be tempted to travel to the United Arab Emirates to ride the 153-mile-per-hour Falcons of Flight coaster when it opens in 2023. For me, just let go has taken on a new meaning. I'm letting go of my need to ever again ride a roller coaster. All three versions of the resurrection stories told in the Bible are filled with a confusing mixture of excitement, sadness, fear, and confusion. After Peter and the other disciples in the lesson we just read had witnessed the abandoned tomb, John says, For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They had witnessed the empty tomb with the burial garments left neatly folded where the body had been. But they didn't know what to make of it. They couldn't put the pieces together. They couldn't let go of their old understandings. Then there's Mary. She stands outside the tomb crying because she's convinced that the tomb has been desecrated by grave robbers. Who knows what they'd done with the body or for what purpose they'd stolen it. Then she encounters a man she mistakes for a gardener. Not until Jesus speaks her name does she really come to her senses. Then Jesus speaks those famous words, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. That seems like an insensitive thing to say to a friend who's overwhelmed to see you after she thought you were dead. In this time of social distancing and quarantining, we are acutely aware of the desire to hold on to someone, to grab on to the people we love, 
and never let them go. Our instinct is to hold on tighter than that death grip that I had on the roller coaster. Jesus gives her an explanation for his seeming standoffishness. He's about to ascend to the Father in heaven, and her job is to go and witness to the others he's been raised from the dead. You see, this must have come to Mary as one of those good news, bad news situations. Good news. Jesus is alive. Bad news. His time among them has come to an end. Things were going to be changed forever. Resurrection does not mean business as usual. Resurrection to new life means being prepared to let go of the old. Yes, that's good news. But it takes some work and some time to get our heads around it. There are many times in life, and at the end of life, that we can let go. Many of them do not even involve roller coasters. The central message of Easter is resurrection to new life. An essential subtext is that in order to inherit this new life, we must let go of the old. One of Jesus' teachings was that those who cling to this life will lose it, and those who let go of this life will find eternal life. A central teaching of Buddhism is that clinging, holding on to anything, is a source of suffering. It can be hard for us to accept, but resurrection to the new presupposes death to the old. Mary's holding on to Jesus was instinctive. She had just gotten her friend back. He who was lost was found. She didn't want that to happen again. But he tells her that she has to let go in order to find the true, full gift of resurrection, in order for it to be realized. He can't lead the way to the heavenly kingdom without letting go of the earthly one. The reason that we tend to cling is that we are afraid of what awaits if we let go. I feared that I was going to be ejected from the roller coaster. People stay in jobs that they hate because they can't imagine a different future. People stay in destructive relationships because they're afraid they'll be alone or they'll be financially vulnerable. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. We're afraid to die because we're afraid of what? If anything awaits us after death. I'll cling to this life, thank you very much. The Easter story tells us, you can let go now because there is something waiting on the other side. I said that there's a lot of confusion and fear within the Easter story in the Bible. For me, however, Easter is the time to focus on the miraculous and the hope beyond hope and joy of this event. It's a time not to focus on the sadness and doubt of his disciples. It's a time to center our hearts and our minds and our souls on the power and certainty of faith. 
Look to the sunrise. Novelist John Updike was known for his eye for bringing life to the foibles and fears of everyday people, and his novels wouldn't be described as outward re religious. He was also a practicing Presbyterian and wrote a beautiful poem about his belief in the resurrection titled Seven Stanzas for Easter's. It goes, Make no mistake. If he rose at all, it was in his, as his body. If the cell's dissolution did not reverse, the molecules re-knit, the amino acids rekindle, the church will fall. It was not as the flowers, each soft spring recurrent. It was not as his spirit in the mouths and fuddled eyes of the eleven apostles. It was his flesh, ours, the same hinged thumbs and toes, the same valved heart that pierced, died, withered, paused, and then regathered out of the enduring might new strength to enclose. Let us not mock God with metaphor, analogy, sidestepping transcendence, making of that event a parable, a sign painted in faded credulity of earlier ages. Let us walk through the door. The stone is rolled back, not paper mache, not a stone in a story, but the vast rock of materiality that in the slow grinding of time will eclipse for each of us the wide light of day. And if we will have an angel at tomb, make it a real angel, weighty with Max Planck's quanta, vivid with hair, opaque in the dawn of light, robed in real linen, spun on a definite loom. Let us not seek to make it less monstrous for our own convenience, our own sense of beauty, lest awakened in one unthinkable hour, we are embarrassed by miracle and crushed by remonstrance. I've never heard a better description of the importance of miracles and the power of faith. Today is a day of bold and uncompromising faith. It is a faith in a miracle so, well, so miraculous that we can let go of anything. Unexpectedly, I can let go of my anxiety about having COVID. I have no doubt that I will be healed on this day. I have a loving family and people praying for me. We can let go of our sadness and outrage of what's happening in Ukraine. God's love is prodding people to help the victims and all the force of international diplomacy as at work trying to end this disaster, to move to something new. We can let go of our fear and devote ourselves to prayer for a resurrected Ukraine and even a new world where we can truly build our sword, beat our swords, even the Russian swords, into plowshares. Beyond all of that, we can let go of all of our religious puzzlement and our attempts to be in control of Easter. On this day, sunrise rules. Let that new dawn stir a letting go in a new awakening in every dark corner of your life. You can let go. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. You can let go again and again.
and again. Amen. Happy Easter. Thank you for joining me. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you. May God look upon you with mercy and grant you new life.